I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Long hot days in the shade of some big old tree. Making daisy chains and watching all the honey. Have you got your metaphorical bee suit on, Jane? I have, yes. Have you zipped it up? Yes, and it, it, it's in turquoise. Ooh, fancy. And what about your gloves? Have you got those on? I've, I've got my fencing gloves from RADA. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. That's all right then. And you're all zipped up to the top so no bees can get in? Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. That's good then. All ready to start. I'm all sellotaped up. <laughs> Sounds like a porn movie. <laughs> so, Esther, my burning question is, has Faith been as brilliant as I hope she would be? Well, Jane, I really don't know because Faith is dead. No! What? So where we left off last week is Lynn very kindly gave me Faith just to keep the bees happy while they didn't have a queen and faith was having trouble laying eggs we saw her didn't we well you didn't see her because you were down the line but i saw her squeeze out a sort of batch of eggs it took Mm. a minute and a half anyway i left her to it but by that time i'd already ordered a queen through the post who did come Mm. So I went up to check how Faith was doing or what had happened. And I opened the hive. There was some eggs. I didn't see Faith. She was dead. Oh, well, how do you know she was dead? Because I saw a little queen in there. She was much smaller than Faith. I thought, oh, here we are. We've got a natural queen. She's gone out. She's mated and she's laid some eggs. So I thought, all's well. Put the lid back on. Thought, let them crack on. So I went back up to the hive and I had another look and I saw that all those eggs that had been laid, it had hatched, they took to larva, there was some little bit of royal jelly at the bottom of the the cell and I could see a little baby larva a few days old, Um, but I couldn't see any more eggs, I couldn't see this little queen and I thought, oh, what's going on? So do you think the, the, the little queen wouldn't have abandoned the hive, would she? No, I mean, she could have been hiding. So it's a bit of a mystery. So my theory on this is that Faith laid those eggs. Then the little mm. little queen emerged from the hive, maybe from one of those cells, um, and she killed Faith. But she killed Faith and Faith had laid eggs. The horror. What a horrible little queen. Are you sure that the little queen wasn't Faith? No, it wasn't Faith. How do you know? Because I saw Faith with my own eyes and she had a long yellowish body. And this was a very much shorter queen. So she was an emergency queen. She probably hadn't had the same amount of royal jelly as what Faith had had to make her body a lot longer. 
How could she be so strong to kill Faith then? Well, because that's the instinct of two queens. If you put them together, that one kills the other one because they have to only have one queen. Yes, I know, but you'd have thought with all Faith's credentials that she would have been able to kill the little queen. Yeah, but Faith's credentials weren't good. I mean, she was a failed queen. So I don't even know whether Faith did lay those eggs or whether it was this little queen. I've never known this carry-on in all the years that I've been a beekeeper. Can I just ask, what if the little queen comes back into the hive when you've released the new queen? Will they then fight to the, to the death again? They will. But the thing about that little queen, she's she would have only gone out for the day when she goes <laughs> when she goes out to mate with drones to brighton she goes to brighton and she mm -hmm. takes you know a little bit of suntan lotion with her in a, a little towel she takes a good <laughs> few worker bees that go with her Ooh, an entourage they all go on the train to brighton and then when they get there they go down to the beach and she just gets off with loads of drones I've seen that type of drone. Yeah, you've seen them. And actually, because of the potency of that queen, they all die after they've mated with her. Oh, I didn't know that fact. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so once they've mated with her, they all die. Oh, gosh, I hope it's a good one for them. Yeah, I do. So, Esther, how do you differentiate between the queens? I mean, how can you tell one? I know you say that Faith was bigger than the little queen, but it must be very difficult to to actually, you know, be sure which queen is which. Is that right? Well, you know, the, the ones that we bought, they've got a blue dot on them, and that's the year. So that means oh. it's a 2020 queen because uh, every year... The beekeeper can paint a different colour onto the queen depending on what year she's born. Does he do that with a little brush? A little, a little pen or a little brush in the olden days, but now it's a little pen. You just mark it with the year and then you can tell where the queen is. You can see her moving round. And also you can tell whether then if you see another queen that if they've requeened or they've, got, they've made themselves a new queen and you can keep a check on what year that queen was because after about two or three years about three years really the queen is running out of eggs so some beekeepers might squash her and and replace her with mm. a new queen because she's not laying the same amount of workers every day oh, i get you interesting that they put the dot on like sheep yeah i've only bought one other queen through the post before all this carry on and um, so my queens have never really had a dot on just have to look for the the bigger queen, the way she moves round the comb very slowly mm. and the bees are sort of following her as she lays her egg, as she lays her egg and they're following her scent, which is this beautiful perfume, beautiful pheromone that is around the hive. Is it like Estee Lauder? <laughs> it is a bit like that, I think. What sort of perfume do you like? Well, I like Estee Lauder, mm. private collection. Because I, I smelt it on somebody mm. at Christmas time and I said, oh, what's that scent? And they said, it's private collection. And it's a really old Estee Lauder perfume. I thought, oh, I used to wear that as a as a younger person. And then I raced out and bought some. And it's lovely. I bet you smell like a queen bee. Have you noticed, <laughs> have you got lots of followers sort of 
following you around, just sniffing you and, and feeling happy and pleased to be in your hoof of perfume? No, I, I've never experienced that with perfume. But I know you've got a very specific perfume, haven't you, that I think you've worn for years. Anything orange blossomy I like. Orange blossom for me makes me want to go to sleep. Does it? Mm. But I quite like sleeping. <laughs> in fact, I love it. Have you been putting your feet up in the afternoons during lockdown? Yes, yesterday I did because I felt a little off colour yesterday. Mm. And, um, and, I, and I, I took myself off to bed. I didn't sleep, but I read my book. Mm. I'm reading The Well of Loneliness by Radcliffe Hall. What's it like? It's wonderful. It's about, um, it's, uh, it, it's just uh, pre the First World War and it goes mm. into the First World War. And it's about um, uh, a, a woman who's a lesbian and, um, and the, the horrible um, discrimination that she experiences through what she is during that time. It's a really beautiful book, actually. And how I know about Radcliffe Hall is because she's buried in Highgate Cemetery. Oh, wow. That's near me. Hmm. Yeah. It's in the west in the west part of uh, Highgate Cemetery. Where you, have you ever been there? Yeah, I have. It's lovely, isn't it? Yes. Not the east part, the west. Yeah, the west part. Where you've got to get a tour. Yeah, that's right. But isn't it beautiful? Oh, it's gorgeous. Wonderful. Oh, we could talk yeah. so many things, can't we, on this podcast? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Because of these faulty queens that I've had and the problems with my, you know, initial package of bees, the company has agreed to give me a whole new nucleus of bees and that's arriving tomorrow. So I'm very pleased about that. Gosh, that's amazing. I know. And what about your friend Lynn? Will she get the same? She's getting the same as well, yeah. So does that mean you get a whole new colony? Well, it's going to be a small colony, a bit the same, probably about the same size as this colony was when it arrived. But all these are established. They've got a queen. They've got these four frames of bees. Everything's all good. I'm really pleased. Do they come in a hive or you put those into into your other hive? Well, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. I was going to just straight away put them in the hive with these others. Oh, all together. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, and get rid of the queen. All right, okay. And then so they've just got one queen and just it'll be all fine. That's what I'd normally do. But I'm sort of inclined to just keep this little new colony that's all perfect and everything. I just keep it separate until the bee inspectors come in a couple of weeks. And if he says, okay, you know, the Italian bees are still fine. They haven't got EFB. They didn't get any pathogens or pick up any um, EFB from any of the boxes or anything that were around the apiary. Then, then I'll join them both together at that point. 
I'm not 100% sure, Jane. I've got to reassess because um, currently the Italian bees, because they only live for about 34 days at this time of year, all those bees that arrived haven't really been replaced by many bees because remember we had you know a problem quite early on with the oh. queen so a colony is going to be really small oh, very, right. very okay, soon. I get, yeah. so so i'm just going to assess see what the larvae looks like see if i can see anything if there's any if it all looks fine i'm going to join them together but if i've got any doubt at all i'm just going to keep them separate so will you will you put them into the Muncom's hive? Well, that's all been cleaned off, yeah. That's all been cleaned off, so sh that should be absolutely fine to put them in there, yeah. Well, and and so if you do decide to put those together, then that might mean the death of another queen, the one that's in the little cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try my best to try and find a home for it. I'm going to advertise it again because if the bees are fine with it, they'll just be feeding it through the little cage. So it'll, its health should be fine. Um, so in fact, um, I, I did, I've carried on advertising it and a lady phoned me yesterday, a very nice lady and said, could I just keep her posted and she would like it. So hopefully if it is spare, if I've still got a spare, I've got this lady, um, who who she's in an NW three and she needs a right. new queen. What should we call her? Orphan Annie. Nobody wants her. <laughs> Orphan Annie, okay. yeah. All right then, Orphan Annie. So at the moment we've got Orphan Annie, and we ha we might have a little killer queen in there. What could we call her? What's a killer queen? What about what about Queen Elizabeth? Didn't she c c kill Mary? Right, yeah. Um, I quite like just calling her the Killer Queen. Let's call her the Killer Queen, yeah. Because Queen Elizabeth sounds like she's quite nice. She does, actually, yeah. I think the Killer Queen would be more apt for her. Uh, let's call her the Little Killer Queen, because she's little. Yeah, the Little Killer Queen. I'm just trying <laughs> to remember when I saw her. Well, I thought she was mated, because when you see a Virgin Queen on the frame, she's jumping all around. They're just jumpy and light, and they don't settle on the frame. But this queen was very calm and she was walking around in a very centred way. So that made me feel Is like... Is this the little killer queen? Yeah, the killer queen looked like she was mated. There is one other aspect that I haven't mentioned is that, say, for instance, those larvae that hatched out of the egg, say, for instance, the bees got a little bit of a worry that there was something wrong with those larvae. I mean, I'm just going back thinking about the EFB. If the bees sensed that there was something wrong with them, the queen would stop laying. Oh, really? Yeah, so she'd stop laying. She might just stop while they sort of think, right, how are we going to sort this problem out? There's not there's not many of us to sort it out. So before she lays any more, let's get rid of the faulty ones. Oh, interesting. Gosh, they're so clever. They're so clever. I mean, they just work so brilliantly as a team, don't they? Yeah, they really do. And they, you know, they know how to sort it out because they haven't got a doctor's surgery to go to. Mm, mm. They've got the knowledge to sort it out. So all these things, you might not think straight away. You might think, oh, you know, 
well, Faith didn't lay all those eggs or the killer queen laid some or she didn't lay some, you know, but but it could be as simple as the bees think, hold on a minute, this larva could have a bit of EFB, right? Let's not lay any more eggs because there's not enough of us. Let's just get rid of some of this larvae that's infected. Who knows? This week, once again, we were lucky to have another quick chat with Alison Benjamin from Urban Bees, who specialises in habitats for bees. So Jane started by asking about forage and what the bees are supping on at this time of year. I was gonna I was gonna ask about the actual plants that they like, Alison. So that can they vary from year to year? What they gravitate towards? Um, they tend to go for the same things, but they can be out at different times of the year, depending on the weather. Like this year, for example, the lime trees is what the, the honeybees make, literally make a beeline for the lime trees when they come out. And mm. um, and when I say lime trees, it's actually not a lime tree as in the lime fruit. Um, it's actually in most countries, they call it the linden tree. We call it the lime tree. And um, mm. it's one of those, like the plane trees uh, in most of our cities, which were planted. Yeah, so the, we've got them in my road. Yeah, so the Victorians planted the planes and the limes. And so there's these massive trees and they usually flower at the end of June. So you can be guaranteed that your honeybees will be on the lime at the end of June. But this year, because we've had such amazing weather, it's been so hot. Um, they've come out like two or three weeks early. So they, they tend to go for the same thing every year, but just it can vary when those when those trees and plants are out. And what, what are the other things that they like? So the other things that the honeybee likes, they like all the fruit trees. So in, in the spring, when the fruit trees are blossoming, that's really good for the honeybees to give them some early early nectar that they can they can use for like their energy drink. Because there are so many of them in the hive, they do need quite a substantial source of food. So that's why the um, the trees are so attractive because you can get um, so many flowers. If you think of a horse chestnut tree when they're out in flower with those beautiful white or red candelabras of flowers, just mm. hundreds of them on a, one of those big horse chestnut trees. So the bees really, really love those as well. And then after the lime trees, you've got sweet chestnut trees come out, which are good for bees. Um, and then there isn't so much. There are trees like which have great names like the Indian bean tree and the BB tree, which are great for bees, but they're just not very common. So there aren't really enough of them around to really satisfy. I've never the heard bees. of those. I know they're quite unusual. They are starting to be planted in some cities where the, the tree officers are quite into planting um, the, the trees that are good for the bees. But yeah, they're still quite unusual. Um, oh. So the thing that's very good later in the year for the honeybee is ivy. So I'm always trying Yes, to, I've got ivy yeah. in my garden. They're absolutely, they love it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always trying to persuade people not to cut their ivy back because apparently Ooh. it takes quite a long time for the ivy to mature enough to be able to flower. can take about 12 years. So initially the ivy won't be flowering and then it produces after a number of years, these little white flowers that the honeybees love. What forage have you got round your allotment, Esther? <laughs> oh, Jane, you sound a bit saucy when you say Ooh, that. Yeah. You've got borage, haven't you? 
on your on, yes. on your allotment. Yes. Well, I remember when you told me, Alison, that um, that borage has got the nectar that can be replenished within about twenty minutes. So the bees, they once they've they've gone there and they've sucked up the nectar. By the time they've got back and emptied it into the hive, they can go back and they probably can get some more. Is that right? Yes, which is quite unusual because a lot of flowers it takes them quite a while to replenish the nectar. But yeah, the borage is it's there all the time, more or less. Yeah, really important. Mm. What does it look like, borage? Well, it's a bit like um, it's like a little blue star. It's it's related to forget me nots. That's right, mm. isn't it? Alice? Yeah, it's like a very uh, it's like a tall, big forget me not, isn't it? All oh, right, so it's quite tall. Yeah, and it's got furry leaves. And in the old days, people used to like make borage soup. I don't know how because if you got it stuck at the back of your throat, you'd probably choke because it's so prickly the leaves. Um, but sometimes borage is, is also called a star flower, and I think they use the star flower oil, don't they, to to um, for women. It's very mm. good for women. Mm. And um, and it looks very pretty if you put it in an ice cube or you can use it as an edible flower so you can use it in salads. I think you put it in one of your cocktails, haven't you, Esther? Oh, I bet I have, yeah. And I bet you drank it, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you got me right drunk that night on your borage. <laughs> I wonder if, do you think bees ever get drunk, Alison? I have heard that they can get drunk from the lime trees especially the bumblebees Ooh. you don't see so many bumblebees in the lime trees but i have heard that if they do go up to the lime they can actually get a bit drunk on it maybe it's not so much drunk maybe they're just getting such a huge sugar rush that they just go a bit daft mm. or something it's nothing to do, do with think? the altitude <laughs> i don't think so i think it's to do with too much sugar <laughs> right oh thank you alison thank you alison I remember one time when I, I got stung again on my vagina it was um, <laughs> in the winter. I went up to feed my bees when I first got them. I lifted off the the lid and straight away one flew out and went up my loose trousers and I had loose French knickers <laughs> and it, it stung me on the vagina again. Well, I've seen the state of your knickers. <laughs> Dreadful. <laughs> so many holes. <laughs> I've got some new ones now. Oh, good. What, what since 1998? Yes. <laughs> I've got some nice, some nice uh, new ones. Well, like about 10 years ago, so maybe I'll be ready for another change. Very sexy to be wearing French knickers up to the high. Well, it was just after Christmas and I think I'd had them for Christmas. Mm. And I had to quickly pull my trousers down and my pants and I had these rubber gloves on and I was you know, trying to get the the bee out that had stung me. And I remember I thought it's death in the forest. <laughs> because I had an Italian boyfriend who said there was a word in Italian called death in the forest. And that meant oh. if you, you died while you were having sex. I thought it was because you hadn't tamed your bush for a long time. <laughs> Well, it was a bit too cold to get the garden shears out, so <laughs> I left it till the spring. <laughs> Long hot day. Well, thank you for this week, Esther, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, yes, I hope you have a very nice week, Jane. And I love you. I love you, Ducky. 
See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. <laughs>